titled my sermon as Own Your Life. Can you say that with me? Own Your Life. Out loud. Own Your Life. Today, many times in our lives, we fail to own our lives. Many times our lives are owned by other people on this earth. We many times depend on others so much for decisions to be taken. Most of the time in our lives, the key decisions that we need to take, we are supposed to take. But we end up in waiting for others. We end up in wait, depending on people to take those key decisions. Even within families, at times there are individual decisions need to be taken. And there are decisions that need to be taken together as we build our family. Now when we don't take decisions, we end up in falling in the hands of others' decisions. Others decide on us on what we need to do. You know, this morning, this sermon is just, just a very interesting sermon as I was preparing. And I was not really sure how do I really you know, communicate with you what God wants to communicate with me. But then I was praying, God, you can do much more than what I can do, certainly. Spirit of God, you can convey what exactly you wanted to convey. But this morning, I'll just make, make an attempt to convey what the God, Spirit of God wants to convey to me. I want to talk about taking ownership of your own life. Can you say that? My own life. I want to talk about how you can take ownership of your own life. Human beings are like pawns in the chess game. In the chess game, those pawns are moved here and there by the chess players. Human lives are exactly like this. Human lives are exactly like the coins in the carom board. How many of you play carom board? You know, we, we, we play that, right? So we see the coins in the carom board that is struck by strikers and endlessly here and there many times. Our lives are like weaver's shuttle. You know, when the weaver is weaving, you know, the shuttle goes back and forth. That's what exactly happens. in Bible says in Job chapter 7 verse 6, Job says, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. And are spent without hope. You know, I would say, forget about the days. Even within the days, you know, we are just like exactly like we were shuttled, thrown back and forth here and there. We are like football in the football game. Thrown or kicked here and there multiple times with their own interest. Have you ever tried to keep your eye on the football, the where, the where the ball is going? It's not that easy. At times you miss the ball and you know, you look for where the ball is. Even, even though the players, sometimes they miss the ball and look for the ball. It's very hard. You know, that's how our lives are on the face of this earth. There are many people, or I would not say people, there are many entities, they are, they are having interest on your life and my life at times they are like stakeholders of your life and my life at times you know some of them even expect some of them even never expected you know some of them we you and we we never allowed them but then you feel that you find that they are kind of ruling your life 
This morning I'm talking about owning our lives. God wants us to own our lives. You know, the life is given you for one time. And God wants you to own your life because that is so precious. There are many, as I said, who are having interest on your life. So I want to have that in the screen. Who are all having interest on your life? As you see that in the screen, number one, you have interest on your own life. Do you? No? Do you have interest on your own life? Yes or no? Yes? Okay, secondly, God, certainly God has an interest on your life. Thirdly, others have interest on your life. Fourthly, the devil has an interest on your life. That's very true. You have interest on your own life. God has interest on your own life, your life. Others have interest on your life. And even the devil has interest on your life. And we are just in between, in the middle of all these things that are happening around us. If you take one single day in your life, you go through all these things. So what is your interest in your life? We just want to take it one by one slowly. What is your interest in your life? Can anybody say what is your interest in your life? No interest. Anything that comes in your mind? Vacation. Vacation. Okay, excellent. <laughs> He's trying to divert my attention now. I'm thinking about my vacation now. <laughs> vacation. So you have, we all have interest in our own lives. Yes, of course, it's important. We need to study. We need to get a good job. We need to have a family. We need to have children. We need to settle down. We all have interest in our own lives there are so many things if i ask you you know you will go on and on and i want to be in good health i want to earn this much income is there anything wrong there is nothing wrong we all have our desires we all have our ambitions we, we are supposed to have if someone is not having anything any of those desires interests there is something wrong with him or her we all need to have I want to take the life of Job. It really helps me to take you through all these four stages. Bible says, if you can read the scriptures, Job, he was a mighty man on the face of this earth. Job chapter 1 verses 1 through 3. Bible says, can you read with me? There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was, what kind of man? He was blameless. He was upright. And one who feared God. And shunned evil. Verse 2. And how many sons he had? He had seven sons and three daughters who were born to him. Verse 3. Also his possessions were how much? 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camel, 500 yokes of oxen, and 500 female donkeys, and a very large household. So this man was a great man of all the people who lived in the East. Job had a desire in his life. To multiply, you know, he multiplied not only his family, even his carols, and in all the household, he was just the big man, a blessed man on the face of this earth. He was so much, he had so much interest in his own life to build his life. You know, today we come across people, they are so much working hard to build their lives. That's good. Hard work is always appreciated. It's all good what we do. So we have our interest on our own life. Now let's talk about what is God's interest on our lives. 
God has a special interest on our lives. You know, God wants you to live a life that is abundant. Abundant life. Can you say abundant life? God, what is that abundant life? You know, you feel satisfaction in everything. You feel happiness in everything that you do. In fact, John chapter 10, the verse 10, the second part of verse 10, Jesus said, can you read with me? I have come, can you read with me? I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You know, Jesus came to give that abundant life. God wants us to live a happy life. So that's God's interest on you, on your life and my life. God wants us to fulfill his purpose. God has a plan for us. He wants us to fulfill his purpose. God wants us to live a life that takes us to the eternity. That's God's desire on your life and my life. And why are we sitting here this morning, hearing God, you know, listening to God, and then, you know, listening to God, as well as worshiping him and praising him and giving him all the glory. Because God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. So God has an interest on our lives. Let's go back to Job's life and life and see what God had to do with Job. Job verse, chapter 1 verse 8 says, Then the Lord said to Satan, Satan came there, let's talk about that a little bit later. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth? You know, what a, what a compliment that God is giving about Job. There is none like him on the earth. I don't know whether God told anyone about anyone else the same way. I don't think so. God said, none like him on the earth, a blameless and an upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. God had a desire on his life. Today, God has a desire on your life too. God has a plan for your life. God has a desire for your life. That's what we are talking about. Building your own life. That's why we are talking about owning your own life. Let's talk about the third element, others. Others have interests on our lives. Depending on who they are, sometimes people who, who, who are well-wishers, they want you to be good. They want you to be blessed. If you remember when you came to this nation, how many of, the, how many of them supported you? You were in need of money. You are in need of some support. They helped you. Your well wishes. People want to see you getting flourished, being flourished. They have great interest in your life. But at the same time, there are other people who don't like you, who are kind of enemies, who are who are your who hate you, who don't like your family flourishing. They at times deal with you treacherously. Even to put you down, even to pull you down, they all do all these kinds of things. Anybody comes in your mind right now? Can you hear an amen? 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 Can you pray for them right now? <laughs> there are people in this world that they are not really our well-wishers. They ask good things to us, but their intention is not right, their intention is not good. You know what I'm talking about. But they are more interested in our life than what is going on. In our lives you go back to your nation after after a few years and they say what's going on what is special in your life anything is happening this is happening that is happening they, they want to know more and more about you but may not be for a good reason thank God for them so people those who are others those who are interested showing interest in your life let's find out what is happening in the life of Job 
Job chapter 2 verse 9 says, Then his wife, someone else other than Job, then his wife said to him, what did she say to Job? Can you read with me? Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. What a blessed instruction from a dear wife saying to Job, you curse God and die. Someone who is having an interest on someone else's life. People have different interests in your life and my life today. During the COVID time, I told this already, during the COVID time, someone came and asked me, Pastor, how come everyone got COVID? How come only you didn't get COVID? A great interest, a great desire. I really appreciate that effort. But maybe it's just a joke. People who are having interest in our lives. You know, this morning God wants us to own our lives. What about Job's friends? Job's friends came over there. In fact, when they came, in you know, the Bible says they came mourning for Job. They saw Job afar, and they, you know, what they did? They tore their clothes and they threw mud, um, uh, you know, dust on them. That's how they came to Job. They came there to comfort him and they to counsel him. They lifted up their voices and they cried. And Bible says they came there for seven days, sat with Job without speaking any word. They just sat with Job. Morning for Job. People who are having interest in your life. And Job allowed them to speak. The more he allowed them to speak, they gave a long lecture. And the end of the lecture, instead of counseling and comforting, they started judging Job. They started criticizing Job. They started accusing Job. You know, I'm talking about people, others who are having interest in your life. Finally, what is devil's interest on your life? Devil has a great interest on your life. I want you to listen to me. Devil has only one interest on your life even though he has multiple but this is very important only one interest on your life and my life as john jesus said in john chapter 10 verse 10 the first part can you read with me the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy that is a great desire the devil has on you and me that is his desire you're talking about owning our lives See that now, right now, instead of we owning our lives, there are how many entities they are trying to own our lives. Let's see how he's accusing Job now, right now. Job chapter 1 verses 9 through 11, can you read it with me? So Satan answered the Lord and said, this is what Job, Satan told, devil told, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now, do this. Satan is telling God, do this. Stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. 
The devil is telling Jesus, accusing Job in front of God, sorry, from in front of God, and saying, try to do this and see what happens. That's what the devil does exactly. That's what exactly he does. Sometime back, back in our ministry, when some, somebody came and told me, the reason someone is coming to church, you are given him or her certain responsibility. Try to take away that responsibility from her or from him and see whether she is, or he is coming to church anymore. I could immediately identify that's a devil. Nobody needs to tell me that. Exactly that's what devil does. He accuses you. Devil, Bible says, devil fights for our life. You know, you remember, if devil can fight for a, he's just a silly fellow. If he can fight for a dead body, how much he fights for your life and my life? Do you know that? When Moses died, before he was buried, devil was asking God to take Moses' dead body. Jude verse 9 says, if you can read with me, at Michael, can you read with me, Jude verse 9, do you have that, have that on the screen? Jude verse 9, at Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses. Devil disputed about the body of Moses because he wanted that body. He wants to claim, you know, today, be aware, the devil is claiming your life and my life for him. If you don't believe, you better believe. You better believe. And finally, who buried Moses? God buried Moses. In fact, Moses was the only one, I guess, buried by God in the scripture. Bible says he tries to swallow you alive. That's how devil works. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8, he says, Peter writes here saying that, be sober, be vigilant, can you read with me? Because you are adversary, the devil walks like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, whom he may swallow. You know, it's amazing the human lives are influenced by so many forces. You know, this morning I want to take your attention, draw your attention on what God wants us to do. This makes a huge difference between an animal and a human. If an animal who takes some interest, maybe the owner of the animal, if it's a domesticated animal, the owner of the animal takes some interest on the animal. And for most of the animals, the mother who laid them, they may care for a few days. And some of them even, they don't even care. You know, they are just ready to kill and eat the moment they are delivered. No one cares about, no one has any more interest. But on a human, there are many factors. There are many who are having interest on a human being. You know, that puts us in a very difficult situation. How do you own your life? When we are under the influence of so many forces, how do you own your life? We are talking about four major forces having interest on your life, over your life. There is a constant pull and push every day, in and out, in your life by all these four forces. And you are trying to handle, we are trying to manage all these things. Number two, what happens when there is a conflict of interest? Problem arises. 
When there is a conflict of interest, you have an interest, God has an interest, devil has an interest, others have an interest. When you, are in, when you have a conflict of interest with others, for example, when you have a conflict of interest with others, misunderstanding comes into picture. You lose your peace of mind. That happens within families. That happens among friends. The friendship is broken. The relationship is broken. Because of this huge interest on us, the conflict arises very easily, so easily, when we have our interest conflict with the interest of God in our lives. We lose the blessings of God. We lose the protection of God. Eventually, we may walk away from God. We may not even make it to heaven. When our interests conflict with the interest of the devil, he starts fighting over us. We have a different interest and devil has some other interest on your life and there is a conflict. And devil starts fighting over you. He is trying to throw, throw all the fiery darts, confusion and depression and you know, so many other things and addiction, bondages and sicknesses and you know, broken relationships and struggles. Everything is thrown at your life. When there is a conflict of interest between all those who are interested in your life and my life. Today, if you are a little careless, we are subjected to those forces that are seen around us. They become stakeholders of our lives without our knowledge. They start controlling our lives without our knowledge. They enter into our lives without even our permission and starts dictating what we need to do. Talking about all these four forces that I mentioned. Of course, we know God is good. He does things for good. He takes control over our lives. He has a special interest in our lives for good. Thirdly, who has to care about you? With all this that are, we are going through, who has to care about you? No one else other than you, other than myself. We can't blame the devil because the devil is doing his job rightly, correctly. That's what he is meant to do. We can't blame others because others do their job. It is your responsibility and my responsibility to take care of our lives. We need to care for ourselves. When you don't have an agenda, others' agenda becomes your agenda. When you don't have an agenda, the devil's agenda is accomplished in your life and my life. I'm talking about something that you need to do, I need to do. We need to take care in our lives. Today, people, instead of focusing on themselves, they focus on these influencing forces. Today, I want to turn your attention to focus on yourself. Because God has something to do with you. God has a plan to accomplish in your life. Morning, couple of questions that I want to ask you. Do you have an agenda for your life? Do you have a purpose of living? What do you want to accomplish in your life? What is the legacy we talked about a couple of weeks before? What is the legacy that you want to leave when you are gone from the face of this year? Today, when you don't have an agenda, we don't have an agenda, we fall into someone else's agenda. When you don't have a plan about your future, about your life, you fall into someone else's plan and that's what you are going through today in your life. Because you are falling into somebody else's plan and you are like, a, as I said, you are like, 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 like someone who is influenced by so many factors and so many powers around you. 
People don't have such a life. People don't have a systematic life and very well orderly maintained life. They easily fall into someone else's hand without their knowledge. Number four, I want to talk two things here. Don't allow others to warn you and don't allow devil to warn you. Let's talk about don't allow others to warn you. Can you say that with me? Don't allow others to warn you. I want to ask you this question, which one of is you here? If you put the next slide. Which one is you? I have seen people who are living under the shadow of others. I'm talking about in general, I'm also talking about within family. As an individual, that doesn't mean that you need to violate your marriage covenant. That doesn't mean that you should not listen to one another. But you as an individual, you have a responsibility. That's what I'm talking about. People who are living under the shadow of others, they will never learn to walk in the scorching sun. Today, some of you are going through what you are going through because God is training you to how to walk in the scorching sun. I remember one precious woman here in Halifax, couple of years before, she lost her husband. And she never drew a car before that. Left out with the two children, had no option of driving a car when she lost her husband at the young age. This morning I'm asking you, under whose shadow you are living today? God has an individuality in your life. And you need to care for yourself. You need to take care of yourself. That doesn't mean that you should not depend on others. Second category of people, I have seen people who are living under negatively, negative influences by others. You know, they have very limited thinking. If you talk to such people who are negatively influenced by others, you know, they have a very limited thinking because they can't think anything more than the amount of negativity they carry in their lives. Under which category you are in today? I have seen people who are controlled by others. Those people never realize their self-worth. They never realize you know, how precious and how valuable they are in the sight of God. How preciously God had made them. Number four category, I have seen people who spend their entire time living with conflicts. Living with conflicts, you know, we are all coming from a country where we have seen streets and we have seen early morning, you know, when the, the, the water starts coming in the pipe, we see the people who are standing in the queue to fetch water from the pipeline and you all know what is happening there. Exactly the same thing happens in families, in churches, in community, people who are always living under conflict, they lost their purpose in life. They don't see what God sees in their lives. Which category are we in today? You know, today we see people around us, at times they suck your energy out of you and they throw you. And I'm talking about you owning your life, you owning your life. God wants you to come out of such people in your life. God doesn't want you to fight with those people lifelong. We lose our energy, our time, our efficiency, the plan of God, the purpose of God in your life. Thank God, God brought you to this nation. Some of us are humming, coming from that background. I remember those old days in my life, the amount of stuff that used to go on in my family. 
Thank God, God brought me out, God separated me. How many of our families are going through that struggles? Our parents, our relations, relatives, and our neighbors, you know, we go through all these things. And you should be thankful to God, God brought you out of that situation. Otherwise, you lose everything. If you believe in God, you must believe that God has a plan for you. Can I hear an amen? If you believe in God, you must plan. You must remember. You must know that God has a plan for you. Psalm 119 verse 37. Psalmist says, can you get that in the screen? Turn away. Can you read with me? Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Those are the worthless things, worthless things that in your life you are still handling. And this morning God is telling you, God wants you to throw those things, cut off those relationships. You know, whatever you are going through. Come out of those things and follow God. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose in your life. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Can you read with me? Romans 12 verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God wants you to come out of those things. So we talked about saying that don't allow others to own you. Don't allow devil to own you. It's very interesting to know this. Problems arise when your interest conflicts with the interest of the devil. That's the reason some of us struggle to do something for God. If God has united you with a purpose, that's where the struggle is today, that you are unable to do anything for God. Because the ugly fellow shows up there in between. problem arises when there is an interest of conflict with your interest and with the devil's interest. When your interests are like living a good life that pleases God, living a useful life that helps others and living a useful life in the kingdom of God, devil doesn't like that. He starts attacking us. There are many ministers of God who started ministry. They are no more standing in the ministry. They have fallen back because God had a great plan with their lives, but their interests conflict, had a conflict with the interest of devil. He puts them down. He throws them back. He brings shame on people. He also discourages people, them, and he throws sickness on the way so that they quit. All that the devil is expecting you to quit. He will try his level best to take away, take you away from the plan of God, from the will of God. Because that is his interest. And now you are conflicting his interest. And what we are talking about is don't allow devil to own your life. Paul is talking about the spiritual warfare that you have and I have on the face of this earth. You want to read those beautiful scriptures that may help us this morning. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 to 18, Paul is talking about the spiritual weapons. You know, we have a fight that's not a fight with flesh and blood. He says it is a spiritual fight with principality and powers of darkness. And he says this fight is real. And you, if you are going through something in your family, if you are going through something in your own life, maybe it's a health issue or a relationship issue or a financial struggle or something that is bothering your life or you are unable to sleep in the night. There is something going on in your life. You need to stand firm. Let's read that scripture together. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Can you read out loud? 
and in the power of his might and he says put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the violence of the devil for we and he says for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly place then he talks about six armor of God I want you to know them I want you to name them therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand verse 40 stand therefore having girded your waist with truth you know our children are going to learn this in the coming days during our VBS having put on the breastplate of righteousness having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation the sword of the spirit which is the word of god praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end and with all perseverance and supplication for the saints paul is saying this is what you are called to do this is what you are called to do you need to know all the six gadgets that god is giving the implements that god is giving you the truth the breastplate of righteousness and the preparation of the gospel of peace shield of faith helmet of salvation sword of the spirit how do we use it you use it in prayer against the devil you use it in your thoughts against the devil <coughs> excuse me you use it in your deeds against the devil that's how you use this morning God is talking to us about something that is very important in our lives listen to me the devil is fighting with some of us very aggressively and God wants you to stone firm in the Word of God because he has a purpose in your life he has a plan for you when we talk about the warmer of God and fighting with the devil I want to leave a note of caution here you know many today listen to me carefully this is something different many today forget their call and then they end up in fighting with the devil all day long in their lives listen to me very carefully many are called to do something else but they forget their call and they end up in fighting with the devil all day long fighting with the devil is not your call if that is the call of God on your life you are gone forever Fighting with the devil is not your call. Listen to me carefully. Many open a small corner store in the corner of the street and they start selling implements to fight against the devil. Many starts opening a small store somewhere in the corner of the streets and they start selling implements that helps you to fight with the devil. They call everyone and tell the devil is attacking me brother so much. And the devil is attacking you too and this is what you need to do you need to fight with the devil you need to do this fasting that fasting and fight with the devil always they will also tell you the method to cast out the demons and cast out the devil and fight with the devil and all those things in fact devil is not really scared of any of those things do you know that he's not scared of any of those things the more we admire him the more he rejoices the more we give room to him the more he rejoices the more we talk about him 
the more he is glad that you are dealing with him. He expects you to deal with him. Listen to me carefully. The more we encourage, engage ourselves with him, he's very glad because he knows the purpose of your existence is defeated. Because he wants to keep you engaged with him always. So that you will not do what God called you to do. Listen to me carefully. He knows if you are behind him, you can't do anything else. So he puts an up loop around you and he makes sure that you just rolls around, roll around him always. You go for prayer and get deliverance and come back and get attack and receive the attack and go for prayer and get deliverance and come back. This morning my question is, who is ruling you? The devil is ruling you or you are owning your life so that God can do something through your life. We need to be careful. Let's not waste our energy and time fighting the devil. Instead, let us focus on the mission that God has given to you and to me. I have quoted this couple of months before, maybe a quote from the first lady, Eleanor Roosevelt. So this is her quote. Can you read with me? It is better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. The first part is the call of God. The second part is the deception of the enemy. The first part is the call of God in your life. The second part is the deception of the enemy. But I'm not just discounting. I'm not just ignoring devil. He is right there. John chapter 1 verse 5. Jesus said, in fact, John is writing. Can you read with me? John chapter 1 verse 5. And the light. Can you read with me out loud? And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. Darkness did not overcome it. That's it. That's the light. So what God wants us to do is to shine light instead of fighting with the darkness. Don't focus on the devil. Focus on the purpose of God in your life. Don't blame the devil for everything and go after him. He will attack you. He will attack you. You keep on resisting him, he will keep on attacking you. That's how devil is. In fact, he rejoices over that. You keep on resisting him and he keeps on attacking you. Instead, focus on the work of God, on what God wants you to do. If he comes on your way, resist him. If he comes on your way, resist him. But that's not your call. Resisting the devil is not your call. Doing the work of God is your call. Doing God's business is your call. Do we have our agenda of life? If we don't define that, someone else is going to define our agenda. And we need to define the agenda of our life with God. It's between you and your God. Finally, how can I own my life? Two things, by knowing the purpose of my life and by living that purpose that I know. Knowing the purpose of our life and living the purpose that I know. Why it is important if we don't own or if we don't know our own purpose we will leave the entire life in the borrowed purpose, the purpose that we borrowed with somebody else, from someone else. And God wants you to have your own purpose for your life. How can we know the purpose of our life? By addressing these five key areas in your life. You know, when I talk about this, I'm really particular about it. I want you to pray about it. I want you to write down these five things in your life. By addressing these key five areas of your life. And that is the call of God on your life. You can get that in the screen. Number one. Can you read with me? Number one. Ownership. 
ownership. The question is, what do you want to achieve in your life? What do you want to become in your life? You need to have an agenda. As I said, otherwise you will fall in somebody else's agenda. This is the call of God on your life. Do not think that, do not mistake that only ministry is the call of God on your life. No, not at all. Ministry is one of the calls of your life. Today, where you are, in which organization you are working for, that's a call of God in your life. Very clearly, very evident, 100%. That's the call of God in the child of God. If you are not a child of God, that's a different issue. In a life of a child of God, everything that God wants you to do is a call of God. That's the reason you say, when, we, when people ask you to do something, you may say that, I'll pray about it. I'll ask God what you want, what God wants me to do. That's a call of God in your life. Ownership, what do you want to do in your life? I want you to write that down. At least write down these aspects and go and pray and ask God. What is that you want me to do? Responsibility. Second one is responsibility. What do you want to achieve for your family? Today we see many neglecting your families. You can your family is so precious. Today if my family is not intact, I'm, I'm not standing here, I'm gone. Your family is so precious. And the devil is aggressively affecting your family. And God has a plan for your family. I want you to know that. I want you to write down a, what do you do, want to achieve for your family? What do you want to achieve for your family? That's your responsibility. Service. What do you want to do for others? It's not about you. It's about others. If you're living selfish, I would say you're not a child of God. Jesus never lived selfish life. At times we are all selfish for many reasons. God expects us to serve others. What do you want to do for others? Write that down. Number four, mission. What do you want to do in the kingdom of God? These five, if you have an answer, you know your call. You know your call. I want to take it seriously. I want you to write it down because if you don't write it down, we will not know. Others will not know. Devil will not know. Of course, God knows. I want you to write it down. And this has to be done with, between you and God with much prayer, with much meditation. And if you focus on this agenda for our life, we will never give ownership for others in our life. Because we have a mission to accomplish. You know, this morning as I close, I just want you to take it seriously. If you don't have these written down, I'm 100% sure you're owned by others. I'm sure you're owned by others. Please write it down and pray over it and that God may use. As we summarize this morning, as we close, shall we all arise this morning? Who has interest on you? You have interest. God has interest. Others have interest. And even the devil has interest. And what happens when there is a conflict of interest? We talked about saying that when there is a conflict of interest, the problem arises. And who is supposed to take care of you? It is you. You are supposed to take care of you. We should not allow others to control our lives. We should not allow devil to own our lives. And how can we own our lives? By addressing these five different areas. Can you read with me the next slide as we close? Next slide, please. If you don't have a written agenda for taking ownership of your life, can you read with me? If you don't have a written agenda for taking ownership of yourself, being responsible for your family, serving others, and serving God in His kingdom, others' agenda becomes your, and you are owned by 
others. This morning, God, that's what God doesn't want you to, to happen, to do. God wants you to own your life. Shall we all pray this morning? Thank you.